My name is Beth Guide. I'm with Vertical Web, and today we're going to be talking about marketing goals for 2022. Um, I have traditionally done January as what should we be doing and trying to formulate where should we be going um, in the upcoming year. So in that tradition, I decided that we're going to have, this is kind of like three different versions on the same thing, you know, things that you should be doing and then goals you should have. And this one's going to be a little bit different in the sense of, I want, these are things that I want you guys to think about. Um, and I'll, these are things that I want you to, to kind of try to know, um, so that we know going forward what we're, what we're doing. So um, the first thing I want to do is I'm going to touch on a few things that I think business that, that businesses are missing. Um, so I want to make sure that, you know, we kind of know that we're already got some problems. I usually talk about Google, but I think I'm going to go out a little bit bigger than what I normally do. Um, we're not going to stay in just one little box because I think you have to look at your entire digital marketing strategy when you start in, a, in the beginning of a year. And then we can get granular as we go through the year. Um, so the first thing that I want to do is I'll, I want to kind of give some mistakes that I think a lot of people make. Um, and, and you may not even know you're making them. I, I, I find that to be usually the case. And then when I say them, everybody goes, oh, wait, yeah, that's something I'm doing. So the first thing that I want to do is I, I want you to think about what you sell and how you sell it. And then we need to start to think about, are we doing this in a way that um, positions your product properly? So for me, I deal a lot with a small, a lot small business. So if I started to come here and started talking to you guys about um, how, like, as if you were Exxon or if you were Hewlett Packard or somebody like that, you guys would be out of here because it's not really anything that you can use. So I have to understand who I am, what my product is, who my audience is. And I, I think that I'd like you to all write down for your very first thing is, do you know who your customer is? Because I think that's something that not who you want your customer to be, who your customer is. And there really is a dramatic difference between that. Um, in understanding who your customer is, it doesn't mean don't dream. It doesn't mean to reposition yourself, but you start to do a better job of closing with your own group. So start to sit down and really look long and hard at who your customer is. Um, and then you can go to who, who you want it to be. I mean, I, I have a lot of very small businesses. I mean, ideally for myself, you know, the businesses that do best with us are always the businesses that, you know, that are, you know, five to a hundred employees, you know, but I, I have a lot of mom and pops and we help them just as much. Um, but it's a different set of, and I say mom and pops, I mean, one business owner, solopreneurs. So I know that when I'm helping those folks, that's a different benchmark than the, the five to 100 crowd. And then over a hundred those start to become different types of clients. So just understand who you do business with and what you do well. Um, and it's not okay. It, it is okay to acknowledge that you do something well. I, I think a lot of us were raised that, you know, you want to be humble and you don't want to say what you do good. I think as business owners, we need to kind of flip the switch a little bit and start to say, hey, wait up a minute. This is what I do. Um, and I, I'm really good at this. So start to internalize that, start to put it out on paper um, and start to think about it. I kind of hope that you're taking some notes. Um, you know, of course, I'll do what I do with all of these and we go ahead and put them live um, uh, on our on-demand section and we'll put a summary up. 
but I hope you really start to um, internalize some of these things that I'm, I'm saying um, and use some of the checklists that I'm going to put out that's going to go with this. We're going to have some checklists uh, this time around. It's not something I normally do, but I'm going to try to go ahead and, and knock those out for you guys to put this up with this with this so you guys can do some introspective thinking about your business, because I think it's something that's kind of required. Um, the next thing uh, I, I need to ask you, and I'm going to suggest to you, and I'm also going to say that most people do wrong, is know your analytics. Know who's coming, what you're doing, know where your traffic's coming from, know where your foot traffic in your store is coming from, what drives business, what's a good expense. We're uh, you know, sponsored by the Houston West Chamber of Commerce with this class. Um, the value of a, human, of a, of a um, chamber membership is um, not necessarily, I spend $400 for my membership, do I get $400 back in new business? Um, I, I can say myself that a chamber membership is exponential value, that it's very hard to put hard dollars on it, but I know when I look at my book of business, exactly how much money I, you know, we've earned because of the relationships that I've built, the referrals that I've built, um, this class. So there's multiple levels of, of how things come back. But without analytics, I would have no way to know how successful things were. Uh, I put up last week's class on the internet on Sunday. I had over 100 people listen to it um, within five minutes of after I put it up. So that's something that I know, which, you know, 100 people, great, good, bad, whatever your interpretation of that is. Um, but, you know, I know that the things that I'm doing is reaching the people that I'm looking to uh, reach with this. And I can see it historically. I see it in the class invites. I send out the class invites. Inevitably, I'll have five people that will write me this afternoon saying, hey, when are you going to go ahead and put this up online for us? Um, or is this going to be available for download? So I, I get the same question every, every, every week that I put those out. Um, if you're not on the mailing list, be on the mailing list because that helps you uh, know and keep plugged in as to when these classes are and what their topics are. So I'm going to throw that out sideways. Um, but, but overall, use the analytics. And if you don't know how to set up your analytics, then you need to talk to somebody like me or watch for when I have analytics class because I will do that probably by the end of the first quarter. Um, we're going to talk about Google Analytics and some of the changes they made as well as how to use it properly, how to make sure that we're getting that right information um, and, and you know how are we doing things um, to make sure that we're capturing the lead right. Uh, Call rail, great tool for starting to say where do your tell where do you, where are your phone calls coming from? If you're a business that does 1,600 phone calls a month, where are those calls coming from? Um, the call rail account is probably something that you should have um, because you need to make sure that you have the analytics right on your on your business so you know what is working and what isn't because that's the only way to fix what isn't is understanding what's not working. I know that sounds like so simple and a lot of people don't think about it, but that's the, that's the truth of that matter. Um, the next thing that I want to, to talk about is rolling something out and not testing it, uh, whether it be a new service, a new product. Um, if you don't understand how it plays in the marketplace, then how are you gonna make those decisions? So that becomes another 
um, set of circumstances. Uh, many of you know that I rebranded the company. The first thing everybody's asking me since I said I was doing this is everybody's been very curious to see how this is going. So far, to my mind, this is not uh, missed the beat. Um, in fact, it's been really pretty much been very well received. Okay, so I, I did something. Believe me, when I tell you I set this up with an exit strategy in the case it doesn't work, um, I don't think I'm going to need to use it. But I have to constantly be on my toes to make sure that I understand what I created. Is it meeting the benchmarks that I had in my head? And where do I need to go? So you may say, you know, like, what does that have to do with internet? Well, the thing is, is that everything I do is on the internet for my business. By the time this class is over, I'm hoping you guys kind of change your mind or are doing more towards the internet and understanding why you need it a little bit more because that, that really is the overarching goal. If you don't have a strong internet presence by 2022, you need to have one and you're gonna to have to carve out the time and the budget to do that. If you do have one, do you know if it's working for you or have you not made the investment in it just because you didn't know what to do with it? Um, so there's different ways to look at this, but you know, I, I just kind of want to make sure that we all are on point and we understand that we need to measure. We need to measure everything we do and we need to make sure that we're, we're testing anything that we do new and that we understand what, and, and trust me, if it's not working, it needs to go because it's sucking, it's sucking lifeblood out of you guys. Cause you know, as small business owners, I don't know that we have time to mess around with things and try to make things fit square pegs, round holes. You know, I, I don't have time for that. I just need to get in and get the job done. If it's not working, don't do it and go on to the next thing. Um, um, so let me, let me go to the next thing. Um, one other thing I see business owners do is buy in or buy technology and then not know what to do with it. Um, and that's a, that's a big problem. If you don't know what to do with the technology you buy, um, find somebody to help you or get rid of subscription. So what I mean when I say that is my business partner, she's awesome, but every day she's like, do we really need this tool? Do we really need this tool? I have so many analytic tools on how I look at websites and it's, there's a constant question of, is what we're doing really needed? Um, and, and I think that's a great question. Um, Hold on one second. Sorry about that. All right. Sorry about that. Um, the next thing is, is that you have to have a plan um, for making sure your content is working for your website. Okay. And that you have a funnel on it. So a lot of the times people will come to me and they'll say, you know, Beth, you always say put content on our website, but you don't ever really say what you're supposed to do with it. Well, theoretically, when you put it on your website, it should help lead traffic, lead, lead people in. But sometimes you have to go in and you have to actually put some kind of an action on that page and build a funnel that walks your customer through the process of what it would like to, to be like to do business with you. So if I'm an attorney and I put a blog post up that talks about a divorce, maybe I need to have a thing that says going through a divorce, we can help off to the side that'll start pulling that through. You have to make sure that your content is aligned with your with your sales goals. You don't just want to put up content for content's sake on the website. 
I'm a big believer in putting content up. I think it's the lifeblood of every website. I think it's the lifeblood of um, how Google functions. Um, but on the other side of the coin, it has to be done in a manner that actually builds in um, you know, some value for it. So make sure that when you're you know, you're kind of thinking about your content goals and, and, you know, maybe some of you are new and don't even know what I'm talking about. We're going to have how to plan a content day uh, one day this, this year too, because I, I think those are the things that a lot of people don't kind of put together and make it work right for them. So I want to make sure we get that piece correct as well. Um, a lot of people use social media wrong and they just throw stuff out there and they don't really, they just, throw it out and it's just, I'm gonna say like a billboard. Um, you know, you can throw stuff out on social media all day long, but if it's not really designed to get business or track business or tell somebody something that they need to know about your business, it's sort of worthless. And I think that's the thing. I, I mean, I, I, I have this discussion a lot with people because their, their attitudes are, you know, hey, somebody told me I should do social media. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how I'm supposed to do it. They just said I should do it. All right. And I, and I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that you can make because what you do is end up turning um, people to be deaf about your brand. Um, if they know every time you're coming, you're going to be la, 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 just saying stuff that doesn't have any impact on them. Um, they're going to start to tune you out after a while. And that's sort of what happens. I'm going to take this class and I'm not saying that I do everything right. And that's not my implication. But one thing that I've done really good with this class is everybody that knows that when I do this, there's never the same material. It's never the same. There may be some same core principles, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, how I end up structuring things and how I put things together are relevant for that day, place, and time. Google's always changing. The internet's always changing. Social media platforms are always changing. So what I said six months ago may not apply today. I know what I said six years ago fundamentally still counts, but the implementation of it is not correct anymore. So therefore what ends up happening is we end up with these you know, um, old technologies trying to be used today. They don't work right. I literally like look at everything from what do I have to do today to be successful as if yesterday didn't exist. And it's not that you don't take that knowledge from it, but sometimes you have to reevaluate whether it's the right way to go, especially with a world that's changing as quickly as ours is. And I think, I think everybody can kind of um, relate to that, if you will. Um, make sure that you keep your databases cleaned up. If you don't have a database of users, and customers, um, you should start one. Uh, but if you do have one, make sure you keep it cleaned up and you keep it cleaned out. And you, you know, if somebody says, I'll never do business with you, please remove them from your database so you're not sending them something inadvertently. Um, I think that's a, a, a bad thing to do. Um, another thing is, and, and, I, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to say this as best as I possibly can, um, don't be a used car salesman. Uh, you know, nobody likes those people. And if anybody's a used car salesman in the room or listening to this, I apologize. It's, you might be a lovely person, but overall as a, as a profession, um, you know, people are uncomfortable around that. So if they're uncomfortable, I probably have a whole room of used car salesmen here. Um, so I'm kind of being funny as I say that, but you kind of get what I'm saying anyway, but don't be like, um, at them. So, you know, um, 
with the chambers, and we we kind of we've kind of talked about this through the through the time. When you join a chamber and you go up and you meet somebody, you have to be willing to hear who they are, not tell them who you are. And you know, I you know, people come up to me and I always ask them who they, who are you? What do you do? Because I, I want to show that I have a genuine, they'll get to what I do. My shirt says what I do. You don't have to necessarily, I don't necessarily always have to answer that question. But the reality is I want anybody that I come in contact with to know I'm interested in what they have to say. And this kind of all works the same way. So if your website and your approach to sales and your approach to marketing is, hey, I just have a message. I'm going to tell you the message. I guarantee you're going to get pretty annoying pretty quickly. And as I say that, I always think about the guy on the TV that used to sell uh, Windows CDs that all he would say, come buy my product, come buy my product. By the day it was over and I don't see him anymore, I would never buy anything from him just simply because he wants to tell me to do that every day. There's a difference between asking for the sale and beating somebody over the head. And and I think those are some of the things that... um, that we do and that we we make some mistakes on. And last but not least, and this is kind of going to dovetail into the where we're going to go for the rest of the class is knowing your limitations and your benefits of what your capabilities are um, for running your own website. And I have been about, this class has been about empowering people to do as much of it as they can themselves if that's what they choose to do. And if it's not what they choose to do, knowing the right questions to ask when they hire somebody. I mean, that is ultimately what this class comes down to. I have people that are gonna do it themselves that need the information so that they can do it themselves. And then I have the other group that I want them educated so that they don't make the mistake, choose the wrong vendor and cost themselves a lot of money. I don't know about your small business, but I don't have lots and lots of extra money to just make a lot of uh, mistakes with, and especially when they become repetitive mistakes. So I've got a two-pronged purpose with all of this, um, and, and I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, there is a crowd of people that goes, oh, I just do it myself. It's just my website. How hard can it be? But to do a website right, and make that website work for you, there's a whole lot more thought into it than dragging and dropping some images and typing some text and putting that text on the page. And that's where we come in through education programs and, you know, and through having customer programs. So those are, those are some of it. So the, the next thing I'm going to talk to you about is one of the goals that you should have is to start to understand and have a framework for what you do. How are you going to reach people? How are you going to get those people to act? How do we create a conversion? And then how do we engage them or not only engage them, but make them loyal to us? And I think the web gives us a really good, solid way to do that. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest about something here is that when I, when, you know, the pandemic first came, I was very worried about putting this, what was going to happen to this class. And I didn't want to lose momentum and I didn't want to lose touch with, you know, some of, some of our folks, um, that have been coming here for, you know, 10, 15 years have been attending this class. Um, and they come in and out and it's been that way for as long as I've been teaching it. And what ends up happening, what ended up happening is I was very worried about how that was going to 
how that was going to be because there was a lot of re repeat people that you know really we we have a relationship with because we've been all together so long um those people there was such a loyalty that this has transformed itself and i i you know as far as having this class on the internet now and working it with zoom a lot of people i think if i turned around and put it in person some of the some of the folks would come back but a lot of people are going to continue to depend on the on the zoom platform so the reason i say that is because i understand what brand loyalty um and what that engagement so as i say engagement I want to, that's really designed to talk to the repetitive people that do multiple business with you, that come back, that engage with you, um, and that you have long-term relationships with. This is not, um, and, I, and I, you know, I kind of said, what are business mistakes business owners make, especially in the e-commerce world? Um, I think that the e-commerce small business owner forgets to go back and remind previous customers that they're still there. Um, if you think about Amazon, um, you know that they're constantly sending you things, they're sending you specials, they're sending you suggestions. And I, I don't know about you, but it doesn't necessarily bother me. I'm like, oh, what'd they send me today? Oh, wait, oh, I do need a walk. I, I was gonna make Chinese food tonight. Oh, look, they can have it here by four o'clock. Um, as I, I say that, that's most of us don't, you know, have businesses that need to be that nimble. But what I will say is for as big as Amazon is, they're really good at coming back and, and engaging their, their existing customers and keeping those customers engaged as you build. So if you think about how to increase revenue, if you can keep your earning from your existing customers and then add to it, that's best of all. And one thing, when I was in college, um, I, I graduated college and I was working at Red Lobster and just from a short story, um, I got a job as a staff person at a state farm agency. And I remember, and I still can see this guy's face and he's sitting on a bar stool and he said to me, he said, Beth, he said, I hate to see you go and take a dead end job that you're going to be stuck in for your whole life. At the end of the day, that state farm job taught me so much about so many things but the one major thing it taught me is it's always easier to sell within your own book of business. That doesn't go away when we're doing it on the internet. So we're getting new people, but if we don't go back and sell within our own book of business, shame on us. And I, I think that, that we need to start to remember that, but that was something that, that kind of got beat in my head for the five years I was at State Farm was, hey, you know, these people already have a relationship with you. It's always easy to make that second sale to them. And I think with our websites, we need to do that. Um, I think that a lot of that, and that sounds like it could be a lot of work, but at the end of the day, if we're inventive and innovative, that can um, be taken and automated. And because you're automating it, it basically makes your life a whole lot easier. So the lift is not as hard as it would sound if we actually went through the automation process. And again, I mean, you, the class is interesting because from this standpoint, this is a, um, you know, I have a service business, but this for me, and this, I'm going to, I'm going to um, challenge everybody to start to come up with ideas like this. This is one of the things that throughout the year, I think we're going to come back and we're going to visit quite a bit. Um, 
but you know, I I have taken this class. I send out email, automated email reminders. So I'll sit down next uh, next week, uh, probably on uh, Monday morning. I will sit down, and I will make out the syllabus for next month for what I, what the class topics are for uh, February. And what I will do is I will make my page that has them all on it. That page is automatically emailed out to you. I also will copy my initial post and make the three more automateds that go out the mornings of class. And on the 31st of January, I will walk away and I will not have to touch that again till March 1st because I've been automated all the rest of the things that go on with that, other than the fact that I have to actually show up. We don't have a talking Beth bot somewhere that can just come talk to you in my place. I haven't gotten that good yet. Um, but the reality is that I can come in, I can automate that whole process of this from, from start to finish. Um, the other thing that I've automated on the other side is that when I do the podcast part, which it, I've kind of got this knocked down where it takes me nothing to add the video, pull off the audio, make the podcast. I actually have that part automated too, because it goes, it sends it out, it uploads it, it emails it. It does all the things that need to happen start to finish to let it sends it out to social media. So when I do all of, I do one action and because of all the automation that I have set up around it, I meet all my other benchmarks. All right. So those are, you know, sort of the, some of the things that we wanted, we want to kind of focus on. So the first thing in our plan, if you will, that I want to address is reach and how do we start to improve our reach and how do we make those goals and what they are. So there is um, a uh, some areas that I want to I want to I want to cover. So if you guys want to jot this down a little bit, um, we want to have a planning phase every year. We want to make sure that we have goals and we know how to measure those goals. We want to know how to use media. And notice I didn't put the word social in front of it. I'm actually putting the word media because I'm including social media in that. But if there's an opportunity to get external media, I want to be able to do that. So I want to have a media arm to this. I want to have a content arm to this. Um, I want to make sure that I understand the next one is going to be a, the experience that the customer has. And then any um, conversion messaging. So we need to address all six of those items um, this through this year. And they should be things that we all need to start thinking about. I'm, I'm trying to really when you walk away today, I'm hoping I'm challenging you to think a little bit so that you guys can think about, hey, what are the next steps? What do I need to do? And where do I need to go? So inside the planning uh, arm of all of this, I want to be, I want you to be thinking about budgets. I want you to be thinking about return on investment. And those two things always should go together. You should have a realistic budget, but you also should know what your, um, what your return on investment is going to be. Um, you know, the, that I know these sound again, like no brainers, but I don't think that everybody thinks about it this way. So this is kind of why I'm putting it out that way. Um, I want you to think about what are some of the technologies that we can, we can implement. And, and I'll give you a few ideas on that. I hope I'm, I'm hoping that I get through all of this and we'll, we'll kind of go, we'll kind of go there. Um, so we have, 
our revenue, we have our budgets, we have return on investments. We need to understand our systems and our processes, um, any integrations that we may need, which again, you may say to me, you know, Beth, I'm a small business. What are you talking about? Hey, look, every one of you small business people need a MailChimp account. It's $9. It's nothing, it's nothing unreasonable. I mean, you, you, I, this is going to sound funny, but you spend that on a Big Mac these days. Um, but, you know, $9 is is a very reasonable. So MailChimp is, everybody should have a MailChimp account. So when I'm, I'm saying integrations, that's one that you all should have. All right. So there's, there's a lot of different things, but let's kind of stick with that. The next thing I want everybody to do is sit down and understand where their, their website is and then what are, what are we going to rule as a success? What are we going to call a success? What are we going to, what are, what are key performance indicators, KPIs for us? You know, I, I know myself what I want my sales growth to be for the year. I know what I want my website to be valued to be this year. I have already sat down and I did this at the end of last year because of the changes that we're making. I sat down and I said, okay, this is what I anticipate this website will look like at the end of 2022 after I take all the assets I have and move it into one bucket. To me, that's a big, a big deal because when I move this all into the same bucket, if I do it properly, which more than likely I will, um, I'm going to have a website that's going to be pretty powerful because I'm taking two very powerful entities and putting them together. Um, so, but I had to have goals in my head. I have a, I have a projected value path in my head. I have a, a projected um, link profile goal in my head. I, I already know what those are. Maybe I should write them down on paper, but I pretty much know it. And every day I get up and I go check and see how I'm moving forward, progressing through that. So far I'm progressing, I'm halfway there and I didn't think I'd do it. In one month, I'm halfway there. Um, so I, I think that's pretty cool. At some point, it's got to slow down, I would think. But what do I know? Um, the next thing that, you know, we should be looking at in our media uh, goal, um, we should be looking at traditional media, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. We also should be looking for media that we can pay for. OK, so let me tell you how the world works a little bit here for those of you that don't know. And, I, and honestly, I, you know, I. I graduated college with a degree in uh, advertising and you would have thought I realized this, but I think the world changed somewhere. So, you know, when you watch the six o'clock news and the little expert comes on to, to, to say, hey, I'm a little expert and I know what this guy's talking about. A lot of times those are paid for spots. So you need to have a budget to be able to go out and get those paid for spots. Now, you can get a publicist something I've never been interested in doing. You know, I have, I've had one in the past, but I'm not interested to do that function. You can look at a publicist. You can look at who you know. You can start to make a strong footprint in the community that people start to know who you are. And when they start to know who you are, they're going to call you. Um, you can attend the higher value chamber events where there's media and reporters there that you can get to know and start to work with. By putting yourself in a situation where you can meet these people starts to put your business in a position where you can meet these people. Um, and, and, and I've seen it repetitively. I've seen quite a few people um, 
you know, be able to pull that off pretty successfully. So there's, there's that. Um, you can earn your media mentions. Um, I, I earn a lot of them just simply through what I do with small business throughout this city. So I, I have a lot of mentions, um, but it's because I very many years ago said, look, I think these folks need help. I think that this is an industry that if you don't know what you're doing in it, you're going to get hosed. And I don't like people getting hosed. Um, so I, I kind of make sure I, I work with that. Um, if you're a plumber and the whole city of Houston has no electric, I'd be finding the, the guy with the microphone to go tell him what you have to do when your house is frozen all over the place and I'm a plumber because you're going to all of a sudden start getting calls for that. Um, in Ike, I'll never forget this story, but this is, again, this is the way your brain needs to operate. And I, and I, the good news is I've trained my customers to think this way. So I'm sitting in my chair. It's 1230 in the morning. I'm watching this rain come down and my text message goes off. It's one of my clients. And he said, I'm watching them load people up in trucks off the side of a highway. Should I take one of my moving trucks down and go help? And my answer was not only go take your moving truck down and help, make sure you turn it sideways so your name is on the, because that's free publicity for you. Um, if you think about Mattress Mac, everybody thinks Mattress Mac's a great guy and he is, that's not where I'm going with this. But everything Mattress Mac does is tied to gallery furniture. So you have a favorable brand opinion of, of gallery furniture, even if you've never been there, simply because of how he is in this community and the things that he's done. Any savvy business person knows if you can put your business in the path of a positive media experience, your, your, your business is going to 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 benefit from that. So we need to be thinking about that. What do we do? And then how do I put myself in the path of that? And another, this, another true story. Um, I have another customer uh, that is down the street from whatever that church is where they buried George Bush and they were shuttle busing people up and down the roadway, like high dignitaries and people to go from the park because there was not enough parking at the church, blah, blah, blah. I actually, he's got a vehicle, it's vehicle wrapped with the name of his company on it. And it would be something that people might be interested in. I actually had him go take the, the, the vehicle, put it out on the side of Woodway. So all these people are passing. Oh, by the way, it was in every limousine shop going up and down on the national media. I got more exposure just simply by parking the car on the side of a road. So I, I know these are, these are things, but you have to think that way to be able to achieve that. You don't just think, oh, look, there's a funeral on, on the TV. I think, oh, look, there's a funeral on the TV. I parked the car on the side of the road. Look at that, there's my car. That's where you need to get to. So the media arm of this, I, I kind of need you to be focused on. I'm gonna ask you some questions on some of this, but I, I just want you to kind of have a flavor of where I'm going on this. Um, Content strategy. We talk a lot about it. I don't define it well, um, mostly because if you're around long enough and you come in and out of these classes, so the folks over 10 years, they've heard me say this and they've assimilated it. The ones that come in, run in one or two times and then don't come back for six years, they have a different perspective. 
but what I'm telling you to write content, I'm telling you to do something and I'm not really giving you a lot of parameters. I'm saying do this because Google likes it, but you have to be a cognizant. That's probably a good word of where I am in a marketing funnel. So I may write general custom, uh, general questions and answers for somebody. And that's sort of those general ones are top of the funnel. So I create brand awareness. I need to also consider creating content for the middle and the bottom of the funnel and meaning, and, and I think we've all heard enough about funnels through the years that, you know, a lot of people come in at the top and dollars come out the bottom if you do this all right. Okay. But I also have to start to talk and find people in the middle of their journey so that I can create content to that. And then I find people that are in the bottom of the funnel. So to me, which is, I will tell you, some marketing agencies will argue with what I'm about to say, but to me, this is the, the sweetest spot of all because my content that I create for the business owner that has gotten burned by another digital marketing agency is the best possible client for me. And they're already down the bottom of the funnel. Because one of the things that we do best is we fix the things other people break. So with that said, um, and I think there's a greater appreciation for what I know and, and how well we do things. If you've been somewhere else and that somewhere else did not work out right or you know how bad something was. Whereas if we're your only experience, you just assume everything and everybody is like that. So I know that the bottom of the funnel people and the questions, the bottom of the funnel people work that if I can address them, I have a much better chance of a sale from somebody like that than I do at the top of the funnel. So you have to be thinking about the three, you know, the three tiers of your own customers as you start to create content. Um, the next thing I want to touch on, and again, I, I'm hoping to get, we're, we're doing okay on time so far, mostly because you guys aren't asking questions. So um, that's okay, um, but it's allowing me to just kind of go. Um, the next thing that I want to touch on is how the customer, the experience that the customer has with your website. Um, do you create pages, landing pages? I hate the term because they get used so misused so many different times. But do you create pages that address the needs of your customers? Do you come up with, you understand how they travel through your website and what they look at and what they do, and then what you do to optimize that? What should that look like? And then how well do you personalize that site for, for, for them? I don't go down to calling somebody by name because I think that's kind of creepy. Um, but I do try to personalize it to the small business owner when I when I talk to somebody. I, I feel like that the more I say small business owner, I also am going to say the more intimate that that is because I have a lot more face time with the guy making this decision in a smaller organization than I do in a larger organization. Um, so there, there is that, and I have to recognize that. And I, and I try to recognize that with all I do so that there's a, there's a definite shift in how you do that when you have that. Um, and last but not least, how am I working to have conversations with my customer? Am I going out? Am I um, 
making uh, contact with them? Am I emailing with them? Do I have a chat box on my website? I'm going to tell you right now, 99% of each and every one of you should have a chat box on your website. And I know that you're going to go, but who wants to stay there? Or what do you do? I'm going to tell you, there's this really neat thing. And it looks like this. I don't know if you can see it real good or not, because it's why the, my camera is working today. It's putting it in the background. But you see this, and you can see my dog is being active. Um, but this little device has a nice chat function on it that I can run a chat on my website and I can be in my uh, chair watching TV at 11 o'clock at night. And if somebody wants to talk to me, I, they can do that right through the website. So how available do you wanna make yourself? Um, and I, I think that availability is, uh, let me turn that around a second. So I used to have a business partner that said to me, you need to stop answering the phones after five o'clock. And I'm like, why would I do that? And they're like, well, because, because you just, it's, people work nine to five. I'm here to tell you that people don't work nine to five anymore. And it, it, I don't know if you do work nine to five, uh, but I don't think there are many actual nine to five jobs anymore because we're all running around with cell phones and who's sending emails at 11 o'clock at night. And now because we have this whole work from home segment, some people are getting up later. Some people are not coming to work on time. They're they're or not coming to work for nine. They may come in at 11 and not leave till seven. So you have to be available. And, you know, we, we try to make sure here, I try to make sure I'm as available as I can be to people um, without, without, you know, you need to have some boundaries, I suppose, but, um, you know, those are a few, those are a few things. So make sure. And then the other thing I'm doing is making sure that I automate things. So you guys kind of get, you know, you hear from me, um, and you, you know that I'm still here and that I'm still, I'm still there. So if I come back to my, you know, let's, let's, um, how do we reach people? How do we get them to act? How do we get them to convert? What do we do with them? Um, I need you just to understand what each of those are. So when I say I want to reach customers, I want to go with the largest net possible. And I want people to come organically to my website via SEO, via social media, somebody recommending me. And I want them to spend as much time as possible on my website. I want them, if they're in a buying state of mind, I want them to explore. But here's the interesting part of this, right? So Google is trying to stop that from happening. And here's what I mean when I say that. And this is where we have to be a little bit craftier and cagier with how we do things, okay? So Google says, if you want to do business with somebody and you want to have a transaction and it's money, they have a program for that and it's called AdWords. And you're going to hear me say that a lot because it's getting worse and worse every time. But the other thing that there is, is these informational searches. So when somebody performs an informational search, how do I then engineer what the intent of that user is to flip it around and make sure there's a sales message there, but not be salesy. So if I'm sitting, and, and I actually had this conversation yesterday with somebody, and I, and I think I must have answered the question nine times, and I can't say that I walked away with a feeling that they understood what I was saying. 
I that website that we were talking about ranks on thousands of questions that people are looking for answers to. And what I know is if you had the software that these people sell, you wouldn't be asking those questions because the software would just do it for you. And it's not expensive. Um, but the assumption was, well, if they're asking the question, they're only picking our website because they know we sell software. So we should go to them and say to them, hey, we sell the software, come buy it from us. Or how can we help you? The thing is, they, the end user search was asking a question. Our documentation provided the answer to it. And therefore, that was a dead end. And what you needed to do is you needed to actually say, hey, wait up a second before you go. Do you know that we, by answering your question, you know, we're answering your question, but you'd never have to ask that again if you actually had this software. That's a nuanced difference, but you have to understand what somebody's there, why they're there, what they're, and you actually have to write your content in a way that helps it get further down the pike. If you just answer a question and then there's nothing for anybody else to do, it makes it a little bit hard. But I know if I ask a question, and somebody shows up on my site, they are asking that question because they're looking for something or something they're doing is missing. But I can't just say, hey, how are you helping? So you better make sure that you fish with a really wide net and then understand how to monetize each and every one of those instances. Now, we've talked about this in a classroom setting before, um, and I'm willing to do a conversion class sometime this year. We haven't done one in probably 18 months or so. So it may be something, in fact, I probably need to put that on the schedule. Um, but I want you guys to learn to fish with a really big net and it's okay to answer. It's okay to answer questions for people um, and, and stuff like that. But, it's, but you have to have a plan to see if you can convert them into um, maybe making a decision to interact with your company. Now, one way that you see that to happen is, and, we, and I think we've all experienced it at this point, I ask a question, in order to get the answer, I have to give them my email address and they will give me some sort of presentation back that answer, ask, answers my question. And that is becoming the commonplace. So the question is, is that something that you do? Now, these people that are selling this software, I think they have some buttons that they can push um, to be able to create that type of funnel. That if somebody walks in the door, that I can say to them, hey, stop a second. We actually have a better way to do this. Um, and then try to push them into a learn more function. So. Um, you guys need to kind of start to think about what you can do. And, and this is where this Zoom thing is a little bit harder because if I was in a classroom and maybe I, I'll say it to you now, does anybody have any questions about this? Because you have to understand setting it up right helps that action happen right. And if you don't get the decision process going from the top level, we may end up with a lot of traffic, but not a lot of sales. So is everybody kind of good with what I'm saying there that we have to kind of think through the next step on everything we do? I'm going to take silence as compliance. Okay. All right. Then I'm going to assume that you're all good. 
Um, the next thing we need to do after we kind of got this really wide net is we're going to have to run down and make sure that we're making um, that we have decisions and we're making decisions and um, we are making sure that we're trying to get that decision person to make a decision to use our service, use our product, interact with us and meet those benchmarks. Um, we should talk about leads and making sure we're following up on our leads, making sure that you get the leads from your website. Um, we need to make sure that you have an opportunity. You know, one of the things I did, a couple things I did, and actually it's working out really well. Um, we have, you know, of course you have likes and shares, but on our chat box, I have a question before you can go into the chat that says, do you want to sign up for our uh, email, um, our, our class schedule and email marketing? And inevitably I get 10 people a week signing up off that chat box. So my, my list from my client base continues to grow. Um, you know, we have our partnership with SCORE. Well, we tell all the SCORE folks, you know, go sign up on the email list so we can get you a schedule. So little by little, we've grown our footprint just simply because we're asking people questions and, and putting stuff to help them subscribe, interact, and hear about and know about our brand. And I think that's something that everybody needs to think about. And again, I, I'm happy to answer individual questions on this, but we all need to be thinking about how can we do that? And what can we do to make that all happen? Um, this is where setting a goal as we kind of come through this, the next step to this would be kind of a conversion part of it. Um, and what are we defining a conversion? Are we defining a conversion as a sale money transpiring? And, and that's, that's, a good, that's a good goal to have. Um, using my email and my um, uh, chat box, to me, a successful chat is not just that the customer walks away happy, it's that they signed up to have further interaction with the company. Um, the same thing kind of goes with reviews. Don't forget to ask for them because that's another way to get them back. It's not necessarily this part of the funnel, but as I'm thinking about making sure you're going back at people. Um, you know, the, the other thing is once you define those goals, understanding what it takes to make that conversion. Um, once you have ha happy customers, um, they actually become a sales force for you and you should use them as such. But what happens is you need to keep presence and top of mind because um, what's going to happen is somebody says, hey, do you know a plumber? And if you just thought it a plumber, you would go and give them the plumber that you were happy with. If the plumber is sending, um, let's say they're sending quarterly emails on how do I know if my hot water heater needs to be replaced? How do I winterproof my house? What do I have to do to make sure my air conditioner pan is okay and doesn't leak into my downstairs? that helps them stay presence of mind. Um, so people that work with you or that have bought from you are some of our biggest, our biggest folks. And then what you want to do is turn around and we want to re-engage those people and put them back in the top of the funnel and have them come all the way back down. So we want to constantly be addressing those people. Once they buy from you, that's where you want them to be. So now I'm going to go through the questions, okay, and, and make sure that we, we kind of can start to put together a plan here. Okay, so the first one I'm going to say is on the planning and the, and the planning stage of this, have you audited your, your current digital market, marketing activity? Have you looked at the website? 
Do you know what pages are winning? Do you know what pages are not winning? Do you know um, what your traffic is? Uh, and do you have a way to gauge if that's good or bad? Another true story. I, and this was a went to dinner with somebody last night. And this, I looked at their website, and their website was so powerful. And yet they only get 40 people a day. Now they think 40 people a day is good. I think they should be getting based on the metrics that they have, they should be in the, in the thousands a day. So they think they're doing good. I did a quick once down it and went, huh? Because their 40 is not good. They should be doing 400 a day or 4,000 a day based on what their metrics are. So without knowing um, the, that information, you would have no way to evaluate what that is. So if I have thousands and thousands and thousands of links pointing at my site, I would want to know why. And if Google's giving me a good rating or good credit for having them, then I need to figure out why it's not translating into traffic and what am I not doing right. And when I look at the website, the website's really pretty pathetic. So that's pretty much what they're not doing right. Um, do you have a plan for customer acquisition? And if you have a plan for customer acquisition, um, how is your website factor into that? Is that the only plan you have? Do you have a multi-plan approach? Now, if somebody, when I was 30 years old and I started my company, said to me, do you have a plan for customer acquisition? I would have said, okay, yes, yeah, or sure, whatever. It was not a concept in the beginning. I was like, I just was going to go find people and they were just going to sign up just because they liked me. And that's not a plan for customer acquisition. I, 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 I Sometimes I wish I could go back in time and tell my 30-year-old self what my 55-year-old self knows. Okay. But you have to have a defined plan. You have to know and you have to stick with that plan. So um, I had the... Um, hosting company. I've had the hosting company for years, but when I started to do the web design and, and the web marketing end of this business, um, I started to sit down and I said, you know, we need to put together a plan on how we're going to get some of these folks to come and sign up with us. That it wasn't just as simple. People don't buy digital marketing from a website. They buy digital marketing from somebody they know or somebody that they're referred to. So how was I going to get out? And I call it shake hands and kissing babies. Okay, but how was I going to do that and let people know that, hey, I'm not just like everybody else that ever talks about digital marketing. I'm not some cold call person. I'm actually somebody that has a vested interest in your success. So that was, I actually put together a plan for customer acquisitions, which was how was I going to cover the most, most biggest parts of Houston and get people to know who I was. And that's a really, that's not a bad plan, especially if you're an accountant or you're, you know, you're, um, you know, a digital marketing company or uh, something along those lines, a graphic artist. Those are all things that, you know, they should, they should work for. Um, next thing on this plan, have you, have you defined um, your value proposition? What do you bring to the table? Now, I love asking this question in real time because 99% of you can't answer that question and we have to pull it out of people. And then I'm like, aha, Ah, see, there's the answer to the question. When I ask this in a room of 100 people, I'm going to tell you 90 of you don't have the answer to that. What makes you special? And 
there's nothing wrong with being special, okay? Um, or understanding what value you bring to the table. Some people shrug at me and they're like, well, I'm just like every other engineering firm. Well, then why don't I go pick the other guy? Why should I pick you? What makes you different? As a small business owner, thus those of us that can articulate what makes us different, better, are the winners. And I'm hoping, and that's from the web, that's from real life, that's elevator speeches. They're all parts of the same thing. So at some point, I hope you take a pad and pencil out and write down, and I'm physically, I'm not saying do it on a computer because there's a different psychology about that. But I'm saying take a pen and paper out and write what makes you different. What do you bring to the table that nobody else can bring to the table? Okay. And I, I, I mean, I, I will, I will, for me, I call them as I see them. And I don't really care whether somebody likes what I have to say or doesn't. In the beginning, when I first started, I was always afraid of like, um, I would see something wrong and then I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to upset anybody. Now, I'm going to tell you exactly what's wrong. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to do a thing I say. But I guarantee you within inside of two years, you'll be back at the corner of my desk saying I should have listened to you the first time around. And I have that happen a lot. So it's a learned behavior on my part that I know that the more brutally honest I am, the farther I get. But here's the thing. You have to have the ability to do that without offending people. I don't, I, I don't, I don't even know how to explain that, but that's something. And people will say that to me. You can get away with that. I can't. So before you go around just being brutally honest with people, make sure that you too can get away with that. Um, that kind of speaks to personalities. I mean, I, I know some of you is that if you were brutally honest, people would be like looking at you like, huh, what the heck? So, um, but that that's something I can do. That's something that makes me, that's something that makes me unique. That's something that I bring to the table. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the truth and I'm gonna tell you what it is. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's not my problem. That's yours. Um, and that sometimes that upsets people. But I do it in a way that I guess people accept it. And we've done this class for a long time and nobody's gotten mad and walked out. I had one guy that was a little offended that I picked on his website, but then he was a customer for like five years. So he couldn't have been too offended. So that, that I just want to put that one, out, that one out there. Figure out what you do, what you bring to the table. And then how you make things different, because those are those are the things that your website need to scream from the mountaintops, because there's like a lot of clutter out there on the Internet. And if you don't meet those goals, you have that problem. All right. So and then how do you prioritize the money you're going to spend on any of the digital marketing activities? And. What I mean by I say that is and there's a couple different things I mean when I say that really. Um, how important is digital marketing? And I'm going to use my own company again for, I don't have to, 
spend money the way you guys do on it because I know how to do it. But this is where we kind of have some alternating opinions in my company, which makes this kind of keeps everything going in the right direction, really. So I believe that we need to run Google ads. I've run Google ads and it's worked out okay. Now, do I run Google ads to the tune of $10,000? No, I run them to the tune of about $300. Um, the constant argument now is, can you show me what you get out of the Google ads? And, and, and that's a good question. But I prioritized that $300 and said, that's what we need to do. That I have made that a priority. Come hell or high water, that 300 is in the same vein as the electric bill. It's in the same vein as the uh, internet that runs my computers. Um, and, and that needs to be how you prioritize your internet, you know, your, your internet marketing, um, your activities, and what, what amount of investment that you're going to make into this. Now, there is a long-term play to do it or, organically. I will say that, that you have to really think in six-month increments on that and not in six-week increments. Um, but you need to make it a priority. And, and that's not just, I'm not just saying that because um, I'm a digital marketing agency. I'm more saying that to you in this way. When I start to show Google or tell Google who I am, they start to believe me. And then when I stop doing that, they go, okay, well, that person's gone. And then when I come back and I start doing it again, eventually you become the little boy in Google's world that cried wolf. So you don't want to keep stopping and starting it. And you really never want to get down to a point where you're not doing anything on it. And again, I always try to back up with what I'm saying with some true stories, right? So in July, I had decided that we were going to do this vertical web flip. So I stopped working on my other websites because I knew that they were basically going away and I didn't want to add more content to it or do things to do it. Um, so I stopped. And over the course of the next six months, I've had a lot of ranking slip because there's no freshness to the website. There's no, um, there was no changes made. There was no nothing. Um, by simply by starting to reactivate all of that and pull this into the new website, it's, it's working like a champ. So everything is just kind of come back up and fresh. But now that I did that, I better keep doing it because if I stop again, Google's going to go, Hey, wait up a minute. You keep stopping and starting. This is not something that you can do hot and cold, one foot in, one foot out, hokey pokey, turn around and go away. You, you really kind of need to make a commitment and stay with it. And it, and if you're going to get you know, a company involved in it, you know, stick with it. I mean, if you don't feel like doing your job, that's a different discussion, but stick with it because this is not something that you can not give priority to. Um, as far as goals and measurements, you need to make sure that you know what's happening. Now, Google Analytics has a lot of different ways to define a win or a goal. Um, if I get somebody to listen to five podcasts, that could be a goal. If I get somebody to do a uh, audit 
on their website. That could be a goal. Um, I can make the audit link that when somebody clicks on the audit link, I can add a string to it and that can be a registered goal. A goal is not necessarily somebody clicks on the contacts us and contacts you. But sure, that's a great, that's a great goal. Um, a goal may be somebody comes to the website and they buy something from us. Um, they buy a hosting account. That's a good goal. So make sure you have defined goals throughout your website and make sure that you have a way to understand what's going on in one place. Um, and another thing that I'm going to say is that, especially um, if you're using WordPress, there's some plugins that you can put in the back end in the management side of it. It won't slow the website down, it may slow the back end of the website down, but it would give you all your performance in one place. So I would try to make sure that you had some tools. Um, there's a Google Site Kit plugin that you can add and it will allow you to add your, your analytics. It'll allow you to add Search Console um, and it lets you bring those uh, metrics in so that you can see them all in one place. Um, there's monster insights that'll take and parse your, uh, your analytics. Uh, there's a stat counter that's just a raw log feeder that will allow you to see what's going on on your website every second of every day. Those are not bad things to have and not bad things to know about. Um, the uh, things like SEM Rush, it tells you now that's they can get pretty pricey, but it'll tell you, you know, what are the errors on your site? Where are your websites ranked? What is your traffic? What pages are being hit? If I have it all in one spot, I can just kind of run down it and see what am I doing? What am I not doing? Um, and how am I um, integrating that properly? Uh, and that's that's something that you need to be doing. Um, the next thing I'm going to say is, um, have you reviewed your social media and how well is it doing what you think it should be doing? What I hear from people more than likely, more, more times than not, is uh, I have Facebook and I used to have 500 people and now I have 50. Uh, and I, I don't know what to do about that. And the answer is Facebook wants you to pay for that traffic. Um, but there also is an engagement factor. The fact, if I put up a picture of my staff, I get way more likes than if I put up um, a picture of the office and the doorway. Um, so Jim's not here today, but he's really good at this. One thing he has done, he sees everything I post. And this should be every everybody, if you like that, if you see something go by that you like and you like it, you actually like it. Um, Facebook will show that to you again. So when you see something go by that you know that you want a notification on, go ahead and like it or put a comment on the bottom of it so you continue to see it. And that kind of goes, he's real good with our stuff because he likes his class schedule. He likes me to remind him on his stuff. So he goes and puts little notes on everything for me so that I can, um, so that that he can get any of the notice. So whenever I put whenever I put up gets in his scroll. 
Um, you can do things like retargeting pixels, of course, um, but that means you have to pay for an ad. So just know there's a cost factor to that. I'm not, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of just, I hate, I don't want to spend money on social media. I, I don't think it's a good spend. I get people that try to say, oh, you, you need to spend money on, not me. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't know. Now, if I was making handcrafted soap, I probably would have a different opinion. If I was making t-shirts or I was a promotion company, product promotion company, probably would have a different idea. But as far as, um, and it's a good example. I was sitting in my chair at night, it's 11 o'clock at night. This thing goes by in my scroll and it says, customize your doormat. I was like, okay, I'm looking at it and it's got pictures of dogs on it. And anybody that knows me knows I love my dogs. So I ended up within five minutes, not even batting an eye, went in order to customize doormat with my three dogs pictures on it. I was able to do the whole thing on my cell phone and off I went. That's an effective product for Facebook. Digital marketing, nobody's going to come and sign up with me at three o'clock in the morning off my, off Facebook. I just, it's not happening. And it ain't happening anytime soon. It might've happened five years ago, but it's not happening now. So I don't sell doormats. Therefore, I don't go and put ads out on social media. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it to you that way because I don't, I, again, I don't know everybody in the room and I don't know your circumstances. So I don't want to say don't do it because some, some people it actually works for. The doormat people it works for. The digital marketing people, not so much. So that's that's kind of what I, what I want to say on that part. Um, on your content, I think if you're blogging regularly, if you walk up to Beth and you ask me, how many blog posts do I have on my website? I'm going to tell you 175. I already know the answer. I know the ones that get traffic. I know the ones that don't get traffic. So again, true story. Um, back in 2010, no, back in 2017, Windows made a change to Windows 10 that took out its compatibility with front page, which was an old web building software. So I wrote a page up more for tech support help because we were getting all these people that front page wasn't working, blah, 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 blah. So I ended up sitting down and writing a blog post that says, if you're using front page, this is what you should be doing. And it was like, go to WordPress. And it was a big discussion about why you should do this. And I put it up and hosting customers were reading it and they were calling and they said, okay, I saw what you said. How do I switch to WordPress? Okay, great. So all of a sudden I noticed it was like really, really large, two, 300 people a day traffic hitting this one page. And I was like, well, huh. Because I look at my content every day. I look at my pages every day. So I know what the traffic is to every page on the website. So I went and I looked, and it's this front page page that I put up that talked about moving and going over to WordPress. So over it came, and um, I put a sign in the middle of it that said, no time like the present to convert to WordPress. Um, call us, we're experts in doing it. And I, I basically put an ad in the middle of the blog post to call us. Well, don't you know, the phone lit up like a Christmas tree. 
And the only way I would have known to do that was knowing what my content was, knowing what my traffic was, knowing what was happening with it, and then knowing that what I needed to do to monetize it. And I, I would love to know from you guys how how many of you go down to that granular level. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess not so much. Um, I do it every day. I know I, you know, I don't even know how else to say it. I, I know every page. I know what's getting hit. And if I see something weird happen, then I know something weird happened. And then I know what to do with that. So hold on a minute. Ugh. Daisy has to make her weekly appearance here. So, so that's, the, so that's that story. So then the next thing I'm going to say is, have you looked, and this is a good one. I hear this quite a bit from people and I'm going to tell you, you need to, you need to seriously need to do this. So um, have you gone through and checked and make sure that your contact us forms work and they come to you? Now, from a grand scheme, what I'm saying is, have you checked the usability of your website and making sure it's effective for your end user? But really what I'm telling you is, go check your website and make sure your forms are working. Because I can't tell you, I get um, backups of a lot of the forms that our customers do. And I do it because they call me and they'll say, I'm not getting my forms. And I'm like, yes, you are. Here they are. So I have them going to like a repository. So if I ever need to pull them out, I can. But the thing is that sometimes I write them and say, do you get this one? Did you get it? And they're like, oh, no, I didn't get that. And then we have to go troubleshoot why they did. I, I would, if you get leads and the leads stop, you need to go check your website and see why it's not working. Um, you need to go see and make sure that there's not something blocked somewhere. And I would bet that most of you do not run a test on your own contact us form at least once a week, just to make sure it's working. And you would say, well, I didn't make a change to it. Why would it stop? Well, could be the mail server got blocked. Could be that uh, Microsoft decided it wasn't gonna accept uh, emails from your address anymore. Um, it could be anything like that. So I would, I would encourage you to make a spot check on your website on a regular basis. Um, the other thing that I would do is go through and look at all your, I'm assuming that some of you, like me, I have a website that's 8,000 pages. I know that you guys don't have a page or a website that's 8,000 pages, but I'm hoping you have a website that's more than five pages. All right. But I would go through and make sure and check the accuracy of those pages from time to time, make sure that they're um, working right. Um, and, and make sure that everything is the way that you want it and that the messaging is right. Again, true story, because I'm having to go rebuild all the website, all the pages on some of the websites I have. There's a couple pages that I've actually rewritten because when I when I look at the page, I'm like, you know what, this is really not right anymore for where we are um, or where the Internet is today. So I I've made I went ahead and make those changes. So those are you know, those are some of the first set of questions that I'm going to ask. The next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to we're going to talk about how we're going to reach out to people. OK. And what are the mechanisms that we have uh, for uh, um, acquisition? 
What are the resources that we've put towards that? Um, and have we put together a budget for what we think we should spend on marketing or digital marketing for 2022? What is it, what is a good spend amount? What can your business afford? Um, because you're going to actually have to carve that out. I mean, if you don't, you're never going to be able to afford it. I don't know quite how else to say it. it's like a chicken and an egg problem. If you don't cut out a spend, you're never going to have a spend because something else is going to become more important. So make sure that you have something cut out and you have an acquisition budget. Now, what I will say is, as I'm saying to make an acquisition budget, I'm not necessarily saying just digital marketing. If you need to, let's just say, I don't know if this is, I don't think it's a thing like it used to be, but okay. But let's say you know that twice a year you have to mail in a mailbox a postcard. Well, that also goes into your acquisition budget. Um, how much money do you want to spend and what does it cost you to acquire a customer? So for my company, we have the internet functions of it, which I guess I could take my time, my employees' time, and, and that's probably a fair thing for me to do. Um, you're shedding on me. You shouldn't do that. Um, but the other thing I need to do is I need to take... Um, I need to take my um, chamber, what I spend there. I need to take sales leads who I take to lunch. They all need to go in a big pile and you need to come up with what that number is for your customers. I, I kind of have an idea on what mine is. Mine's kind of on the low side, but that, but that's good that, you know, I don't want to be cheap about it, but I don't have, you know, some great big number. I've, been, I've seen companies that will spend thousands of dollars to acquire a $300 customer. Um, some hosting companies, and some of them are people that you know of, are loss leaders for marketing, um, not marketing, credit card companies. Um, Squarespace would be one, GoDaddy has one, uh, iPowerWeb when they were around had one. Um, you know, and, and, and what they would do is this, they would go spend $2 million a month, let's say, on AdWords, on Google AdWords. And what they weren't, they weren't after the $19 spend for the domain or even the $15 a month spend for the hosting. They weren't after that. What they actually were after is the merchant account because there's a downline set of fees that apply in that merchant account. So as a result, they were willing to spend $2 million a month as a, and use hosting as a loss leader in hopes to find somebody that would do either increased services or downline services with them. And if you notice now, they have you know Comcast and they're getting money back on every one of them. They're not just getting you in a, in a Comcast account. They're, they're, they're getting a kickback on that. So understanding that that's out there they they've said two million dollars is an and it's probably more now but they say that that's an acceptable amount of per client acquisition to them is not high numbers like that i can't do that i don't have any attention to doing that but i mean i this is where i'm saying you have to decide what do you want to spend a month i mean 
heck, if you just even outside sales is your point, that has to be included somewhere as well. So just make sure that you have an idea of what it's costing you to acquire a customer and make sure you put everything in on it. And it's not a bad thing. It's just something you should know what that costs. Um, in doing that, it also helps you um, have you defined, and, and this needs to be done too, is do you know what your brand is? Do you know what your brand message is? Do you know what you're focusing on? Um, and do you know how, um, you know, is your audience aware of you or are you just out there? And, and again, I have, I have to always harken back to, um, you know, when the internet started, which always sounds like a funny way to say things, people would just do business with who's ever in that number one spot. But they, a lot of times they got burned. So now people do business with who they know. So they need to know who your brand is. They need to know um, what's going on. And in order to do all of that, um, you have to be present. So you need to know what your key brand message is, what you're focusing on, um, you know, what is trying to make people familiar with you. Um, one of the reasons I've had an easier transition with this cut from the other company over to Vertical Web is because at the end of the day, ultimately, I was the brand. And I'm not sure that I understood that until I did this. And everybody's like, oh, it's just you. Uh, they don't care what I call myself. So, you know, some people say that's bad. Some people say that's good. For this point in my life, it worked. Now I need to go figure out how to make sure the brand is not, I'm not the brand. The brand is me, but I'm not the brand or however I want to say that. Um, but, you know, that was one of the dice I rolled with changing the name of the company is that, you know, what, what did that really look like? And it was what I suspected, which was I understood, I understood our brand and our brand message. And ultimately that by me changing the name, everybody knew it was still me. Um, the other thing is, have you looked at keywords, keywords for your business? How do we pick keywords? That's a class all unto itself. That's another one on my list. I hope to redo a keyword class again coming up. I don't think, I think I'll probably do that over the summer, to be honest with you. It's a good summer topic. Um, but are you picking the right keywords for people to find you? Uh, and if you, if you aren't, another case in point, you will never see me advertise for cheap hosting because that's a different customer than somebody that wants quality hosting. And I would never put cheap out there just for that reason. So you have to decide what words support your brand, what words do what you want it to do. And in deciding what that is, then those are the words that you need to work on. And, you know, some of the things when we talk about a content class, we'll tie this back. I mean, this, this is one of those things that, I'm kind of saying these are the macro things that you have to look at. And then we'll talk about how do I take that aware, you know, that that brand awareness or those keywords and then bring them back into my messaging to help me meet those goals. So there's all these little feeder things. These are really big overarching. Somebody once said to me, you know, you go and put up as many keywords as you can. And I said, with the web hosting part of our business. You can't. People search for web hosting. That's what they search for. They don't search for side nuggets of that. It's one of those weird 
keywords, if you will. Um, Christmas decorations is another one. When people put in Christmas decorations, they want Christmas decorations because they're looking for a general idea. If they're looking for, they wanted a Santa decoration, they would put in Santa decorations. You know, so normally you would not go after something as broad as Christmas decorations, except that one works to go. You would never go after shoes because that's so broad. There's no defining and you're not going to make a suggestion. Usually when somebody's looking for a pair of shoes, they know what kind of shoes they want. They're just not meandering through a shoe website saying, oh, maybe I want pumps today. Oh, you know what? While we're looking, I need pumps and then I'm going to. They're going to go and start with the shoe that they need to buy and then figure it out from there. So just understand that these keywords will help um, help you if we need if you, you need to do that. And we need to make sure that we're strong in what we do and we understand what the opportunities are that come with them. Um, again, whole class on itself. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is how do we measure some of these things? Um, I make sure that I know every word I want to rank on. I make sure that I have a plan to rank on them. Um, if I rank on it and it doesn't get me anything and then it falls off, I'm not going to go re-pursue it because it's not worth, it didn't work out to be my time. But I always know and I always watch I go through my website daily with a time, fine tooth comb. And I, I, I would challenge you to say that most of you guys don't. But I go through every day and see where did they come from? Where did they start? Where did they go next? Where did they leave? Because if I could start to understand that psychology, I can understand how to service that lead better. Um, what's interesting about SEO 411 or you know that old web, the old website, was that we had two distinct groups of people. We had the class people that were always coming looking for the class. And then we had the sales people that were always coming and looking for a, an agency. I didn't normally have people coming and going here and there and going through a process. What I'm noticing on Vertical Web now, because I'm, I've been bought in the hosting company part of it, and I've got the marketing part of it, we're already getting people that are coming in looking for tech support topics that are not our customers. And what we're doing, and I, and I actually have to get the staff a little bit better to do this, but when they're coming in and they're asking me a question and they're not our customer, we're saying to them, you're not our customer, but you could be. If you don't know the answer to this question and you don't know who to call that you had to come here, maybe you just need to be here. Um, and that, that is through the years, that's a sales tactic that's always worked, but I noticed we're back to getting a lot of, um, since I put the support topics, like I, like I said, since I moved the support desk over and this website is going to be, I, I feel like this website is going to be a pretty powerful website. We're, we're getting people that are not our people coming and asking us, what do I do with X? So, um, that's not a bad thing. Because if I can get them to ask the question, I can then have the opportunity to sell them something. So um, understanding what that is and what's going on and what you're gaining is, a, is something very important. <coughs> Make sure you have goals in Google Analytics. Make sure you actually use the goal button. Now, until I have Google Analytics class and can show you how to set up a goal, 
go Google how to set up a Google Analytics goal and see if you can take a rough pass on how to do that. Um, because it's important to have. It's important to know what your goals are. Um, if you're an e-commerce store, Monster Insight is Monster Insight's really helpful. The paid version of Monster Insight will actually take um, the information and parse that out for you. Um, and it will it will put that there for you so you actually know um, what what that is and what's there. So just be kind of on the ball with that one. And make sure that if you need if you need goals um, or you want to set something up, Monster Insight will do a piece of that for you. It won't report it as a quote unquote conversion, but you can set up some conversion actions in there. But because you have the data now on your e-commerce, it's going to help give you a better oversight. So there's there is that part of it. Um, the next thing is, do you have a plan? And I'm going to say, I'm going to say, posting. you probably don't have a plan for paid ads and a different plan for organic ads or organic pages. And the reason I say that is because that's where I see one of the biggest wastes of money is that what people end up doing is that they, in order to get business, what they end up doing is they go put on Google ads, but they don't go make a page or a plan for the Google ads. They just use a page they have. Well, the thing is, is that just like you wouldn't show a commercial for Tide during, during a football game, or you wouldn't necessarily show a beer commercial during a soap opera, um, this is the same concept. All right. So you need to make sure you can't serve multiple masters that way. You need to make sure that you put a page up and build a, a landing page or at least a messaging page for paid ads and don't necessarily just go use the home page of your website. You need to make sure you're using good solid page for that. Otherwise, you're just kind of wasting your money. Um, so there there is that as well. Um, have you looked at um, other side partners, um, meaning Yelp um, or other other entities to do paid ads with? So just know that that's one out there too that you should be talking about. What am I doing on time? Yeah, I'm half and half. Um, this is this is going to sound like a funny one, but when I think about this, this is actually a really important question. Does your content answer the question better than your competitor? And is your page more thorough than your competitor? And I think um, you got to really do that. You got to really, really sit down and make sure that you do a better job than the guy next to you. Um, but I also think you have to gauge your competitors right too, because inevitably I'll ask somebody who a competitor is and they give me this, I think it's that guy over there. And that guy over there, he's got no traffic. He's doing nothing. But somehow in your head, you come up with them being a competitor. Make sure you understand who is really a competitor and who isn't. But make sure you're doing a better job of addressing the needs of that query of that person in the audience um, from you're doing a better job than your competitors. That's really kind of important. It should be a no-brainer, but it's really important. Um, as we're talking about how to gain customers, uh, the on-page SEO needs to be right. And it's gonna, that on-page is going to come back to not only content, 
but it's also going to talk about the page structure and technical SEO, which uh, we keep talking about that. I, I, I think I've been talking about it for 10 years, but apparently they finally put a name on it. So with that, with that all said, I, I do need to make sure that you guys will, we'll talk about, we're going to have SEO, uh, technical SEO day again. I, I we're going to do that. Um, and, and I may wait till that's actually back out in person. Cause that's a drawing board demonstration thing I need to go do. Um, but make sure that your technical SEO is right on your pages so that, that they work better and that they get the right person. Um, you don't, you don't want the wrong customer type coming to your website. Uh, you may be able to convert them, uh, of course. And I, and I, you know, a lead is a lead is a lead, but you know, frankly, I'd rather have one that was a lot more qualified and I'm going to make sure that they're more qualified with how I structure my content, the words that I use, and am I doing that right? Um, the other thing in acquiring a customer is they're not going to sit around and wait for the website to load. So you're going to need to make sure that you understand the Google's core vitals, and you're going to need to make sure that you understand how to make sure or make a website fast. And if you don't, you need a, you need a web host that's going to be able to help you do that, Okay. Um, your web hosting company is an important cog in the wheel, whether you realize that or not. Um, and you need to make sure that you can, you can do that. Uh, let's see. All right. Next thing we're going to talk about is um, getting people to act and how do we get them to act? So the, I'm going to give you some more questions if you don't, if you don't, um, if you don't mind or you're not, I guess the question is, um, oh, there's a good question up here. It says, I'd like to hear a technical talk. I'm in PA and I won't be there in person. All right. So what I'm going to do, that's an excellent question. When I put these back in person, I'm actually going to put an iPad. The only reason I can't do that now is because I don't have a whiteboard like that I can go stand up for in front of my house, in front of my, in front of my computer. But when these, I already have had to put that, I have a few things going on here. So I have my, my ACTWD bunch that comes to these classes and has been since I put them. I, it won't work. It really is one of those things that I kind of need to, I would be more fiddling with the keyboard than, than an app on the screen. But my ACTWD folks have been able to start to come to this now. So we, we've expanded our reach. I've already made the decision that what's going to happen is we're going to, I'm going to run with an iPad in these rooms. Um, and when I, when I go back in person, we're, we're going to, we're going to stay with the same format. Um, the only thing that may be a little bit different is I'm going to have to put my phone in my pocket. So if you all have a question, you're going to be able to, to do that. Cause I'm not going to be able to take questions from the, from the iPad. I don't think I can, I think I'd need like, a production team to come and do the classes without and I, I just got to kind of keep that simple so we're going to kind of do with an app we're going to do with an ipad and we'll make sure everybody can still see and do and be a part of no matter how far away because like literally I, you guys are all over the country in fact some of you are even in other countries so i'm not gonna be and i've got you all coming i'm not gonna now say okay we're back in person bye um uh, you guys are just as important, whether in you're in PA or whether you're in Texas, as far as I'm concerned at this point. So 
um, we'll make sure everybody's accommodated. So, but with that said, uh, technical SEO is really, really important and we really need to, that's, I may do that within the, actually, in, I may do that just now in February, and at the end of February, because it really is kind of that, that timely as we're talking about all of this. I, I may just tackle that last week of February. Um, so there is, there is that. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Let me see where my next set of questions are. All right. So do you plan, this is another thing, this is kind of in our goals thing as we're talking about now getting people to act. And Barb, I see your question there. I'm gonna go ahead and answer that when we kind of get to the end. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that before I go, before I go here today. Um, but uh, what, I, what I've been doing here with this is um, everybody should look at what do you think the goal of your goal for your customers, what do you ideally want them to do? Okay. So for me, ideally, I want them to call me and say, Hey, I, I need you to help me with your digital, with digital marketing, or, Hey, I need a web host that can help me, um, meet the benchmarks that I have to, I need to use WordPress. I need a team that I can depend on to answer some questions. And I, it's kind of where I want everybody to walk away from. But how do I intend to get them there? And that's, and, I, and I'll tell you, I think that's something that I've always done a bad job of too, that we're going to start to clean up as we, as we put this all back together and put Humpty Dumpty and get it all running right again. Um, as I, as I think about this, and what I mean when I say that is because we ended up with a marketing company and a hosting company, I really think they all just need to be put back together. So that's what I mean when I say that. I had broke it out years ago for Google. Ironically, there's people that have been with us 20 years that had no idea I knew how to build a website. Not sure how that ever happened, but that, that happened. Um, but with that all said, do I have a defined plan for how I want people to do business with us? Have I taken the time to define what, how I think my customers should flow through the website? And as we talk about how to get this traffic and how we talk about how to get this traction, we also have to talk about how are we going to get business out of this? Um, and th that's an important thing. So, what I would recommend doing, and, and, and I keep saying pencil and paper, you guys can do it on a computer. You can do this on a computer screen if you want. But I always find it's much easier for me in the short run to sketch it out on paper and then take it and move it around on a screen. Um, I, I'm a little old fashioned, I guess, with that kind of stuff. For as techie as I am, you would think I, I'm much happier with a paper and a pencil and a notebook. And I just kind of write all those things down and then start to assemble them. Whatever way works for you, make a map. Because if you don't make that map, um, you're going to find yourself in a, in a really hard problem because you're going to have stuff and it's not going to do what you want it to do. And what I usually small, see small business owners do is throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is it's not working. I'm not going to put time into it. But the thing is, is that it would work 
if you actually put the right amount of time to it. And I think that you need to have a defined goal for the path through your website on what you would love, want a purchase to look like. So it used to be easy. I would put a page up, I'd say $95 for hosting and it would be a buy now and people would come, they put their domain in and they would sign up and that would be the end of it. Um, I think there's that's a lot harder now to do. Um, for somebody like GoDaddy, not so much, but they're also spending, you know, $2 million a month on advertising. I, I'm not spending $2 million a month on advertising. Um, in fact, if I added up every ad, ad dollar I've ever spent, I probably haven't spent $2 million in 22 years. So uh, let's just so understand where I'm coming from versus where the rest of the world is coming from. But I need to come through and say, hey, if you need this, then you need to do, you know, you need to interact this way. If you're having this problem, we're the people to solve that. And I need to make sure there's a clear path on that. Each and every one of you need to make sure you have a clear path. So I don't know if I have any accountants in the room, but they're the greatest people in the world because I keep telling them they need to put in for IRS letters. And some of them write back, they'll say to me, I don't want to do that. I mean, in some of you that have been in the class, you've heard, well, I don't want to do that. Um, and the reality is you need to do that uh, because that's a great lead source. The person with an IRS pro letter is a qualified client because they're looking to find out what to do with the letter. Um, they're not a model person, a model citizen, if they have an IRS letter. So they're, they, I already know that that, person is looking for an accountant when they get this letter and they google i got a letter okay so although you may not want to deal with that i would take those questions all day long okay um i put out stuff that talks about how to fix a website because if you need to know how to fix a website you need to pick up the phone and know that you can call us and we'll help you fix the website but if you're looking at how to do it chances are you don't know how to do it um so understand that. And I mean, there's been times that there's been projects and things that have come up that I've ended up having to Google because I don't know how to do it and then end up hiring the person that put themselves in the right path. So that is the way the world works. So you guys need to make sure we have thoughts of what is that path? How do I want something to do? What is the flow rate? And, and what does that all look like? Um, it literally is as easy as drawing some lines and some circles on a book. Um, and then you have to measure it. You have to go back and you have to see, did, did people, again, true story. I used to change the button color on the sign up now button for the ads that I ran on Google. So back in the day, we would run ads on Google and people would come up and they would sign up the web hosting. Inevitably, if I changed the button to green, people wouldn't sign up. I have to keep changing it back to red. So every time we change the color, it ended up changing how the customer interacted with the page. So that's how tight the science can actually be, which is why I'm saying to you, you need to do something, you need to measure it, and then you need to see if you're getting the lead type that you want. Um, if you're getting the lead type that you want, then great, then let's go ahead and, and, and come forward with that. Um, if you're not, then that's a good opportunity for you to um, make some changes, maybe do some A-B testing. There's, there's software out there that can do that. Um, it's not super difficult to do. I understand that I may have like, you know, a whole bunch of people that, that don't know how to use WordPress, so I've got that. But with all of that said, A-B testing is, is, is a good way to, to handle all of that.
So um, make sure that you're measuring um, your actions and what's going on with them. Um, make sure that you have a way to decide what your ideal client is. So when you get a client, and again, you like using cheap and affordable um, or, you know, affordable, affordable web hosting versus cheap web hosting. All right. Those are two different clients. So make sure you're getting the right person. Um, and that's, that's an important, that's an important thing that you need to do as you're doing all of this. Um, last but not least, your existing customers, you need to make sure that you're doing something for them. And you need to make sure that you're re-engaging them. If you're selling something, you need to make sure anybody that's bought from you, you give them private sales or you give them something. If they've never, if they've never bought from you or if they've bought from you and you, you don't re-engage them, they're never going to buy from you again. Sorry about that. I had my sentence mixed up there. Um, so make sure that you have a plan to re-engage your customers. So again, the retail store is a little bit easier because you buy from me, I send you a coupon in three months that says, hey, I see you didn't buy another bottle of vitamins from me. Here's a here's 10% off your next purchase. Okay. Um, you know, I had this happen too. I, I had a gentleman that was selling um, cigars and he was doing okay with it. But what was happening is he wasn't getting the repeat business. You know what I ended up doing? Um, you know, when they send you uh, cigars in the mail, they send them, they call them humidors. I call them plastic bags, okay? Um, I actually had him put his web address on the humidor bags because I was like, they don't know where these came from. So they're going to go, when they want their next Monte Cristo cigar, they're going to go back out to Google and Google instead of looking at their humidor bag and saying, oh, look, there's our web address. So as simple as that, what simple act of putting cigars in a bag that had a sticker on it that said where they came from was enough to increase his sales. So you got to think, I mean, and, and this is the things that I think slipped through the cracks. I, I really do. I think if we don't think about them and it wasn't really until he came back and said to me, well, I'm not getting repeat business. And I'm like, what are you doing to get repeat business? Nothing. Well, that's why you're not getting repeat business. It was really pretty simple. All right. But sometimes it's the simplest answer is the right answer. So we all need to be thinking in this way. I am down to the end now of time, like here for our two hours for today. Um, I have a question in the window here and I, and I promise that I'll answer that. But I, what, I wanna, what it says is, do I offer training for those that wanna study SEO for a career? Um, and I, I'm gonna say that that's what this entire series and videos has been about. I, I'm trying to get them all up there now, I, you know, I have people that have worked here 10 years and every day we're all, including myself, are always learning. And the thing is, is that if you can get the fundamental foundation right, the, the nuances of this start to become um, easier to, 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 to master and easier to adjust when there's an algorithm change. So my answer is, no, I, I've not really, I've not really got something studied to go go on, but I also know that if you hang out here long enough, you'll start to get what I'm saying. I've got people that 
have been coming for the better part of 10 years, because this has been running in Houston for, I, I've been doing this since 2003, okay? So we have been doing live classes and I have been doing in-person classes uh, myself solely since 2008. And, and, and the thing is, is I have people that have been coming since 2008. Um, so they, I mean, and I'll get them started, I get them on their way, but th that's, so that's why I feel these videos, we'll stick them out there. They're, they're good for everybody. Um, I also did them as a podcast, so you can walk away with them. You don't have to sit and listen to me drone on for two hours and watch it on a screen. I did it in a podcast. You can take it with you. If you're a podcasty person, you can go get it on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. It's out there. Um, go sign up and subscribe. The other thing that I could use, if everybody would be so kind to indulge me, if you use the YouTube channel, please subscribe to it because I really need to get the subscription number up because I, I want to change the name of it over to Vertical Web so it matches the rest of our properties. So I need everybody that if you use the YouTube channel, please subscribe to it. Don't just do a one-off and wait for me to send you an email and say, hey, I got you a new video. Um, if, if you can do it from a subscription link, I would appreciate that. But we're we're thank you we're trying to we're trying to get that that piece handled as well but yeah all of these are going up at some point we are going to go back in person um i'm going to go ahead and stick those out here too i will tell you that um we have our one for the chamber of commerce for the northwest houston chamber of commerce we'll have that on wednesday i also have a one-off speaking engagement that i'm going to be doing that we will um I may just do um, a Facebook Live out of it. I haven't really quite decided what I want to do with that just yet, um, but we'll we will have that one coming up too. Um, that one is if you sign up, if you go through the Chamber of Commerce, they'll send you a link um, so you can attend remotely if you wanted. Um, but we're gonna I'm gonna have that one running and that one will be out too. So there is a special one next week that we're I'm doing a, 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 a group in person next week. So that'll be the first one. You're very welcome, Rich. It's good to see you as always. Some point I'd like to see you in person. It's been like a long time. So um, anyway, that's what I have to say for today. Uh, if anybody has any questions, oh, that's the other thing. On the bottom of these videos, if you have a question, all right, I'm going to share my screen here one second. And I, and I think I need to do a better job of telling everybody this. Um, here, let me get a, I need a browser window, but I want to show you something here. All right, so where is the Chrome window? I think this is Chrome. Okay. So, can you can you all see my Chrome browser here, or no? Because I don't can't tell if it's this window or another one. I don't know which one is sharing. We can see the one who said, "What is digital marketing?" All right, hold on. Let me let me. Uh, you can see the one that says, "What is digital marketing?" You yeah. had a red. Like a yeah, red header red, on it. Yeah, that's the one I'm yeah. going to. What is digital marketing? Okay. Yeah. So this is, the, hold on, let me get off this site and go to the other one. Okay. So if you go to the classes tab, and I, I want everybody to know that this is here. Okay. Um, what I did with them is all the classes are sitting down here. 
and they're on the blogs, okay? So the blog, what we did is, and what I do is I write a commentary about this class and sometimes it's pretty long, but it's kind of like a summary. So if even if you don't wanna sit through the full two hours, you can kind of read this and get through it. If you get a class that has a question, go in the bottom, log in and leave a comment and I will answer it. I promise you, if you leave me a question on those classes, um, but I'm asking you to do them on the classes themselves. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is because um, that way I know what the heck the, what we're asking me about. Sometimes people ask me random questions and I'm like, I have no idea where you came from to ask that question. Um, so if you can do them, I will see them, I will get them. But if you, any questions, just use the leave a comment, ask the answer to class question and I will, I will come behind and answer it. Um, I prefer it on the website. YouTube does not help me. Um, I, to do it on the website actually helps the website. So if you want to do it on the website, you have a question, you're, you're listening to this. Even if you listen on the podcast, you just go to the classes page, you come down. Every one of these podcasts and classes has a companion blog post that went with it. Okay. Without fail. It's kind of a system I put in place anyway, that makes this work better. So just utilize it and use the apparatus on it if you don't mind. So with that, I'm going to call it a day. Um, if anybody has any questions, most of you know where to find me. Um, that, would, that, would, that would be good. So with that said, everybody have a good couple of days. I'll see you all next Wednesday will be next class we're doing. And I will have an email out Monday or Tuesday that tells you what I have decided we'll be talking about in February. So, okay. You take care, everybody, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.